Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. This is a special, special one. Um, man, it has just been uh, so humbling. And if you don't know who Nick the Trainer Dude is, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this already know who yeah. he is, he's probably one of my biggest inspirations, probably online, as far as realistic. Just because I know you, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. I know it's yeah. not fake. I know it's yeah. not no, it's not BS. Yeah. It's it's, it's real. so real. It's real. So, yeah, your story from the start to now to all the. De- adversity you've had to overcome is unbelievable and it's like you always got a smile on your face what up what up you know <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. you're, you are yeah yeah i mean well and i mean it's funny because i was telling some some the guy that works here you know about you guys were coming in and mm-hmm. it's for me the feeling is just the same back at you guys like i was telling them about i remember working at the bow rack Back in like 04, oh, yeah. 05, yeah. you guys coming in and you're selling Wayno a DVD, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You guys got some old Predator camo, you're just trying yeah. to make it, right? Y'all are working real jobs and like, and then I was yep. just like, kind of like, and the next year there was just another DVD and then, and now you're just telling me where there's six people working. Yeah. It's like, man, and like, it's like, but it's stories like that of all the hard work, right? Is it's, yeah. it's, that's what people need to hear, right? Yes, we want to hunt. They yes, see this the is our end passion. result or what, yeah, what but what really yeah. went into it. Yeah. People yeah. even know probably most of your followers or people listening right now don't know that you guys started out in some predator camo right coming in the bow rack buying your own bows like scrapping up some money from your wife so you go on an elk hunt just in some gas money just looking for a discount you know what i mean but that's what that that those are the stories that are the best yeah. right so yeah so let's yeah. start back let's okay. go back let's go early nick hammond let's yeah. go uh, uh childhood yeah absolutely um you know, I guess a, g- a good place for us to start is just like, uh, you know, I grew up with, with a, my mom was married five times, Okay. right? There was a, there was a lot of drug abuse, okay. a lot of drug abuse, right? Everything from alcohol and to, you know, living homeless on the street and doing meth, right? Mom was always around. Mom was awesome. Mom's still my best friend today, right? Mom's been sober like 20 years now. So it, just so, so cool. everybody yeah. listening, know me yeah. and my mom, we're like, every day we're on the phone, we're tight, right? But mom was high for a long time. My mom, my mom had cars with logos on the side of them that said "Crazy Bitch from Hell" that picked me up from middle school, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was just crazy. Nobody bro. messed with mom. No, mom was nuts, no. bro. Right? And so, and then you know, my dad's in there in the story. But as, at a young age, at like 12, 13, 14 years old, I was already getting high. I had dropped out of school by the time I was 14 years old. Right? Like there was. How high did you make it in school? Uh, I, I ended up, I went to the ninth grade okay. and then when I moved here, I got a girl pregnant when I was 17 Attaboy. and ended up going back to Churchill high school, which is a local school here. They had a team parent program. Okay. Right. And so, but by this time I had decided to get into recovery, you know, so I'll just kind of back up a little bit before that. Cause there was just lots of, there was three, four years of stealing cars in and out of juvie, just not going to school. Right. I always worked. I had like dishwashing jobs cause I had my, so I had some grandparents, my mom's parents, who were just normal functioning human beings. Sure. My pops, who's the one who showed me how to fish and hunt, right? So there was this part of me growing up that had that. Was Pops is, like, in the life still? 
he well, he, he passed away a couple of years ago. As no, I mean back then. I mean he was. Oh was, yeah, yeah, they were raising me. They were raising my whole you, life. Your right? dad was in the, in the picture. Not my dad. This is my grandpa. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, so grandparents gotcha. raised me pretty much, right? Like gotcha. my mom was crazy. Mm-hmm. I was at grandpa's house, right? That's just where I was always with grandpa, right? So that when at this day, even now, like the the reason that I have any bit of success in my mind is because I because a lot of people that live in poverty or grew up like I did, they didn't have one person in their life that was living different. So they don't. People that are on the outside, you just look at them and think they're a piece of crap, but most of them don't even have one human yeah. to look at. But I had these people, right? They owned businesses. They were successful. They just had a crazy daughter who happened to be my mom. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And so that's just how it is. We all got them. Y'all have friends. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Home, homegirls, kids, crazy, right? Uh, yeah. So, like, there was just a lot of bad things going on. And by the time I was, like, I was 16, I grew up in Utah. I grew up in Salt Lake City. Ended up moving here when I was 16. Mom's living in a, a one-bedroom shack in the ghetto, trying to get her life together, still not, right, struggling. And I've been getting high at this point, not going to school. I'm working, but I'm just getting high every day. And then one day, like in October, like 96, or not, no, in 97 in July, I end up knocking up a girl that was homeless and living on the street, right? She was just, she was 15. I was 17. We had sex. Pretty Whew. soon. Hey, that is such a big... I'm 17 years old. I'm wow. getting high every day. Whoa. Right? I'm not. I'm not going to school. I'm not doing. I'm just. I'm selling some weed. I'm just chilling, hanging out. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're going to be a dad. And at this point, you got to remember. Like I told you, I had five different father figures, but I had this one person, my grandpa, right, who was just married to my grandma for 60 years. Okay. All the stuff, the classic, okay. just life. Like we're all right. trying to live. Sure. Right? Sure. We're all trying to live. And so in my mind, it was like I knew there was a different way to live, but at this time, like. My mom had put everything we ever had into a storage shed, like all of my trophies from sports and Boy Scouts and guns my grandpa bought me, everything we had, and she lost it because of drugs. So everything that we ever had my whole life growing up was sold off in an auction. Couldn't find it. So like at this point, there's just a lot of bad stuff going on, right? So we're, we got nothing. And yeah. I'm... 17 years old wow. getting ready to have a baby baby so i go down to a local organization called looking glass my mom actually takes me down and i'm like i walk in sit down with the counselor and i'm 17 years old and i'm like hey i'm messed up bro i get high every day i'm about to have a baby i don't go to school help right right and so this dude's like whoa who's who's this cat right here <laughs> everybody else that comes in like it's made to go there right because they're yeah. 17 and smoking a little weed with their homies mom's like you know, what influenced you to go to that? Place? It was just it, there was a day. Was it I grandpa, was, or was it just? It was just in my mind at that time in my life, like lifting, bodybuilding, like just like I knew that I didn't want to live like that. Mm. I didn't know how I was going to make it out. I had no idea. We yeah. were homeless and poor practically, right? Been living, lived in six, seven different states by the time I was sixteen. Mm. Never went to the same elementary school for more than one year at a time. Like everything was crazy. Wow. There was nothing normal about my childhood. As worse as it is, you can imagine, that's what it was. Yeah. Alcohol, drugs, parties, just crazy stuff. Watching people do cocaine, like just crazy poverty. Yeah. Just poverty, bro. But I had those grandparents, right? And I'm like, I watched them be normal. So for me, it was like, I knew that there was that, another that was way rock, to live. The yeah. rock. Boy, they went bro. hunting on during hunting season. And yeah. grandpa got up every day at 4 a.m. and went to work. Why do you think Nick the trainer do? What time was I up today? Probably 3.45. Yeah. Every, every day. No matter what, because I'm not going to allow myself not to live the quality of life if all I got to do is sacrifice some sleep. Right. Right. So at a young age, it was like, 
I went in and they had this uh, they had this trip called Eagle's Passage. It was a backpacking trip for kids in recovery. Okay. It was in the Three Sisters. It was the first big adventure I got to do. Uh, and so they were going to put me in a live-in rehab, but they didn't have any spots. So this counselor's like, look, I got, it was July. And in the end of July, they were going on this backpacking trip in the, in the Three Sisters wilderness. And it was a group of kids that were getting high and it was a recovery program. And so that's how it all started for me was I went to this thing. I went to these meetings with the counselor one-on-one. I was washing dishes and getting ready to have a baby. I re-enrolled myself to high school and I'm going to rehab. I'm going to high school and I go on this Eagle's Passage trip. This is six, seven months before I'm about to be a dad. But I went on this backpacking trip, right? And you're just like, and then all the stuff my grandpa had taught me out in the wilderness. And I was a boy scout when I was younger because grandpa had me involved in it, right? There was all these little pieces that kind of was there for me in the midst of the craziness. So it gave me some hope, right? And so it was a seven day backpacking trip. And it was like on that trip, man, I remember crying the whole time. They actually gave me an award at the end of it said no more tears, right? Because they were like, you're done crying now. You can move on, right? And I'm probably going to cry when we talk about all this because it's real stuff, right? So that was a counseling trip a little bit, too. It was bit, a counseling too. trip. Oh, like, it was all So counseling. you're backpacking, but all day long, you're getting counseling. We have, we're, we're in a, there's seven kids who get high every day, and there's three counselors. And it was seven days of a trip for just for kids like Whoa. me that were messed up. That's oh. what it was called, Eagle's that's, Passage. That's huge, okay. right? And so I do that, and then the next year, I'm a leader on the trip. So now I'm 18, right? But literally, I'm like, I'm changing my life. At 17, I came home from that trip. I went to my mom, my brother. I went to every person that I knew. I sat them down in a room and I said, I'm done talking to every single one of you because I'm changing my life today. Wow. Because all these people got high every day. And I sat in an apartment on First and Jefferson where all those bums are living and everybody's talking crap about. That's where I live, right across the street from there. And I sat in an apartment and I cried myself to sleep at 17 years old every night for three to six months because I didn't have anybody. But I knew there was something else. Yeah. Grandma and Grandpa was still in Utah, right? There was no one around here. It was just okay. me, but I'm about to be a dad, so i got to stay here. What are we doing with that situation? Are we still with the, with the girl? Well, the girl's... So At that the, point? Oh, yeah, yeah. The girl, Me and the girl are kind of dating together. I'm okay. going to be around, right? But you got to remember the whole other story of that girl. She was sleeping in newspaper boxes when I met her. Her parents were severe drug addicts. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Like she's legitimately homeless at 14 years old. And I just take her in, right? Her and I become a thing. We we have a baby now. Yeah. Right? I go to school. She don't want to go to school. That's just how it was, right? So I start going to this looking glass and getting help. And then that next fall when I have the baby, baby was born in March. I started Churchill High School. I'm 18 years old. I have never been to high school, not even one day. And I show up, and I'm still dressing like an OG, right? Like, because I hung around a lot of Mexican homies. Yeah, you did. So, ball, G-bell, you know, the dicky pants, right? That was Nick the Trainer, dude, right? That was me. But I got a baby strapped to my chest. Yeah, you do. Right? So, this is also, from a young age, I wanted to be a bodybuilder. So, during all this, before this, like, my vision of where I'm at today I visualized that shit when I was way young. Like, no kidding. I always wanted to lift weights and be strong, right? So right away in rehab, like, I'm getting up. It's 18 years old, and my day started at 4 in the morning with a bike ride down to the gym. I start pumping iron. I leave the gym. I drive all, ride my bike all the way back home, pick up my daughter because I was in the team parent program. I strap her to my chest. We get on the city bus, ride two buses to go clear out to a high school. I go to high school all day. I ride the city bus back downtown, drop the baby off with my wife. And then so I you got on, married to her. Well, we weren't married at the time. Okay. But we did get married. We had three babies together, right? Gotcha. Okay. So um, at this time, then I get done doing that, and then I ride a city bus clear out to Springfield, and I wash dishes until eleven o'clock at night. 
I get done doing that and I ride the bus all the way back home and I get up at four o'clock the next morning and I do it. That's what I did at seventeen. Do it all. No over kidding. Again. Every day. That's a that's Every a quick day. grow up, right? It, right now. I mean, we're talking now. Right now. There is no more getting high. There's no more nothing. I'm just like right now we are living, and I'm. In that time, was there ever a relapse? Was there ever a time that you're like not from that day forward? Never, never, never once. Nope, never once. It was over, done, it was game over, and I, I changed my life from that get go. And everything just started happening. I spent three and a half years working for Looking Glass. They actually hired me, and I ended up what they call an outreach worker. So I walked around Lane County and I spent all my time during just the day talking to homeless kids. That's cool. And I would take the homeless kids and I would convince them to come in to one of the programs so we could get them lunch. Right, and during that time, they would send me actually all over the country. I went to D.C. five or six different times, and I spoke in front of thousands of people and shared my story. This was twenty years ago, right? No, I'm just a young kid. Yeah, crazy stuff, right? I didn't know that. But what happened was, is I wasn't, I didn't have an education, so they, they, I was making like five bucks an hour. So I worked that job, then I'd work at a craft store on the weekend, then I'd do something else to make money. But now at twenty-one. I'm still going home to a woman and I'm humping, right? Because I'm a horny little beast. Right? You're an animal. Right? I'm an yeah, animal. So now I'm 21, dog. I got three baby stuff. girls. Yeah, you do. I go to the gym every day. I don't drink. I don't get high. But me and my woman, we are poor. We are like, we're, we're living off food stamps. I'm standing in food box lines to get food. We ain't got no car. We're, it is hard. Okay. Every day is hard. But I'm working three jobs. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm, there's never, I'm working every day, seven days a week for years. There was no days off. There was no Hawaii trips. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. There was no trips uh, with the Nick the Trainer dude. None. Was, Nick the Trainer dude didn't even exist. Actually, like you can see here, I ain't got no teeth. I was missing my front tooth too because no one took care of my teeth when I was a kid. So by 21, all my teeth had fallen out. Fallen out. Yeah, so I'm missing teeth. I'm in pain. I'm sleeping with the homeless cats at four o'clock in the morning waiting in line just to go in and get a tooth pulled so I can get to my go job. Back to your job. So I can get to work because I can't handle the pain anymore, but I gotta go to work because if I don't work, we ain't paying the rent. But you're straight. You're sober straight. as hell. Sober as Every hell. Every day. I ain't got no homies. I ain't got no friends. My mom's still getting high. My brother actually unfortunately still lives under the bridge. Same lives same life. He never made it out. He's still getting high. Probably gonna die in a couple years and for love him to death. But he's just, been doing meth for twenty years. Yeah. He's, it's going to happen at some point. He never made it out, right? Yeah. My yeah. mom eventually, a couple years down the road, by then about 21, she got sober. She's been sober 20 years now and I'm 42, right? So she's been sober a long time. But those first three, four years, it was Oof. me and phone calls to my pops every morning. What do I do, right? Like, 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 what do I do? Because I'm trying, but I don't know how we're going to get there. Just keep working. If you can find 10 more cents an hour, you go work for it. So yeah. you just kept doing it, right? You just kept... And those first, like... Five years, like till I was 25, I never stopped going to the gym. I just got up every morning and I rode a fucking bike to the gym and I just pumped iron because I just had this vision that I was that I that I wasn't gonna be, be there anymore. You know what I mean? I just like I, I I knew I had to make it happen, and there was that vision, and which is how you guys come into play. There was this other little vision of I wanted to go hunting. Really? Yes. Is that from Pops early, yeah. you think? Yeah, and, and one of my stepdads, he just took me under his wing, and like we just went hunting, you know? like yeah. That was what we did when we were kids and fishing. 
And that's all I wanted to do. But I was so poor, I didn't even know nothing. I didn't know nothing. <laughs> right? I was like, I was like, how are you gonna go hunting? You know, I didn't right. even know how to hunt around here because I grew up in Utah, right. and it was like we did. It, it was like a whole different world there, yeah, right? And back sure. then, it was way different. Like yeah. you just went out deer hunting, you know, with a rifle. I didn't even know. How, I didn't even know what an elk was. Right. I was like, oh, right. let's go deer hunting, right? But I just had this desire to be like, I, if there's some people in my life right now that knew me back then, and if you ask them when I was 21 years old, what I told them was, was I want to go bow hunting. And I want to be a bodybuilder. And when you look at my life now, that's all I do. Well, Hawaii. Well, I work. Well. Hawaii, bro. Hawaii, bro. <laughs> Come on now. Come but on now. I went to Hawaii and I went bow hunting. Bo oh, did you? I did, yeah. Oh, I shot an axis butt. It awesome. was world class, that, right? That's awesome. I met some dudes at a gas station that followed me on the gram and like, let me take you out, bro. Let's and these dudes this. took me out and no I shot me an axis butt. That's yeah. awesome. I just shipped my bow over in a thing. I didn't know anybody, right? And some, I, I got on Instagram, hey, I'm bow hunting over here. Two random dudes that follow me on the gram from you guys and Cam and wherever. Like, sure. They picked me up. Took me out of some fields, hunted deer all day, shot me an axis buck, packaged that shit up in a Walmart cooler. And Darn right, home, you baby. did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, but that's like, so, like the, go ahead. So when was the turning point? When was the when was the the hardship paying off that you could see it like in your eyes? Like it's it's finally like Grandpa has finally like I did it. I did it. I mean, it. the reality is is now. Is it is it this it's just late? now? Really? Like, yeah, because... There was no lot. light at the end of the tunnel somewhere no, no, in the middle? No, But what happened was, is at 25, so at 17, I registered for a bodybuilding show. Okay. And that, and that, but then I decided to quit because I was, the baby was coming. So in the midst of going to the gym and rehab, I'm like, oh, there's this bodybuilding show. I want to be a bodybuilder, right? Because that's more than anything, I just want to do a bodybuilding show. Really? And so I registered for the show and then I never went. And at 25 years old, okay. I registered for this bodybuilding show. And I, it was October 1st of 2005. Now at this time, I'm repoing cars for a job, I'm merchandising beer and wine, and I'm doing another job on the weekends. I'm still working three jobs. I'm missing a front tooth. My wife's at home who's never left the house in five years, just take care of three babies. We're poor, we don't go on vacations, we don't go to Sizzler. There ain't no extra no money. No Sizzler. Yeah. Nothing. We ain't going nowhere because gotcha. three minimum wage jobs. You know what that gets you? Rent. Not yeah. Sizzler. That's it. I got holes in my shoes because I can't afford to buy a pair of Walmart shoes because right. that's how poor we are. Right. I'm standing in food box lines to get some extra rice at the end of the month. I'm going to the Toys for Tots line to get some presents for the girls because there's no cash flow to buy a freaking present because that's how poor we are. Right. And I ain't smoking and I ain't drinking and I ain't getting high, but that's how poor we are. And at 24 is when I very first ever walked into the bow rack. But I picked up, I've been hunting a little bit, okay. right? And I picked up Cam's book. That's where Cam comes into play, yeah. right? I don't even remember where. It was Bow Hunting Trophy Black Tail oh, Book. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. read this book, dog, and I'm like, this is <laughs> what I need, you know? And I used to drive by, I finally had a car, I'm like 24, it's like an old, like, Granada, rolling. right? Big old beast, right? You know what I'm rolling. talking about, right? I'm just rolling deep. I'm still looking like a G, though, dog. I'm just tired. And I, but I'm in, I go into the bow rack, but I'm in, you, a man as poor as I was and as insecure as I was, I couldn't even, I was afraid to walk in there because you oh, walk in there and it's just like, overwhelming. Whoa. And so I would go over to West 11th archery where yeah, I was like, were. I felt more at home with the home. With the, <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly, you know exactly what, what I'm talking about. about. I do. But like, and then that next year, it. like I, I end up buying a, I go to the sportsman show. Wayne and Lisa have some bows out there. I don't know them, but me and me and a guy, we put a bow on layaway and, and and I start going to the bow rack to shoot it, and they just like awesome to me right yeah. away, right? And at that same time, was the time I ended up doing this bodybuilding show. So 
I'm poor. I got no money. This bodybuilding show is in Canyonville. This is the same bodybuilding show I signed up for when I was 17. Okay. Now I'm 25. And I've never stopped training, by the way. Oh, you're, just, you're, I've been training for this yeah, day. Rolling and hard. I'm shredded. And I'm 25 years old. And I've never stopped the diet. I've been just, I've been, that's the only thing I did consistently. And I didn't miss. I was that that was a beast part of my life. I'll never train that hard again. I can't even duplicate it. Really? I try to sometimes and I don't there was just I was hungry, bro. Yeah. I was like rocky, right? And there was just no stopping me, bro. And I showed up to that bodybuilding show. I ain't got a dime to my name. I'm I, I have no hotel room. I'm laying outside the convention center door while everybody goes back to their hotel rooms. The judges come out after the morning and be like, Hey, we don't have to be back for like six hours. I'm like, Well, I ain't got nowhere to go, so I'm just gonna chill here and I win the whole thing. I ain't never even been to a show. Hands down. The whole thing. <laughs> like, just, I won my weight class and I won the overall. I was the champ. And I never been the fucking champion. I'm driving home with like a six foot trophy, right? And I'm just like, <laughs> and a week later, a week later, I can't even make this shit up. I'm at the bow rack shooting bow league with my layaway bow. In my tank top, my wife beater, of course. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, looking good. <laughs> looking sharp. Yeah, and uh, Wayne comes up to me and he, he says, Hey, Nikki, can I talk to you? And he called me Nikki from day one. Because if you heard Wayne talk about me, yeah. he says Nikki. He don't say Nick. He does. Hey, Nikki, can, can can I talk to you? And I'm like, does he want to talk to me? <laughs> like, I'm a drover. <laughs> so sits me down on the chair and he said, he said, yesterday you were in here and there was a man that's been coming to this shop for seven years that's never said more than one word to us. And you had a full-on conversation with that man. And, and I've never gotten more than one word out of him and I'd like to offer you a job making arrows for me. And... Just random, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm merchandising beer and wine. I'm repoing cars. I'm just struggling to make a living. Yeah. I ain't even been a personal trainer yet. Are we talking one of the three jobs or is this a full-time gig? For Wayne? Yeah. Wayne's going to, he's offering me at this time. I have to make a decision, right? He's like, Nigga, I want to give you a full-time job making arrows at the bow rack. And I just won that bodybuilding show. So it's two weeks later. And I just had done something that like, that was the when you say turning point gotcha. in a sense right I sure. just sure. spent eight years going to the gym visualizing being a bodybuilder and I just became a bodybuilding champion and I spent the rest of that time trying to figure out how I was going to go hunting and now I get the opportunity so I had to go I showed up the next day and I quit my repoing job making less money and I went to work making arrows and then I kept going to the gym and I started making arrows and I did another part time job working for Wayne at the Bull Rock and that was 2005 and that, that was when everything changed because then I woke up and I'm like, holy cow, bro, you can do anything. Yeah. Because from where I came from, just the fact that I won a bodybuilding show when I wasn't mm -hmm. even supposed to be there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. My yeah. homies are in prison. Yeah. My homies killed people. I'll bet right? that was just giant. I bet you changed were on my top life. of the world. There was no, this smile you see, yeah. if you would have saw me at 23, I didn't smile. No. Hell no. I'd missing teeth. <laughs> I wasn't smiling. I was fucking, my mouth was closed all day and I was putting in 18 hours a day of minimum wage work to make sure my family yeah. didn't live the same life I lived. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was no smiling. Not after that. <laughs> you telling me I'm the champ? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I just did this. You know what I'm saying? And like, and, and then that didn't mean it got easy. Sure. Right? I'm 25 years old working at the bow rack. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like, I love Wayne though. Wayne know I love you. But, but, and, and I have this other job and it was at that that same fall a lady comes up to me in the gym now I'm training for the state championships in bodybuilding right I'm gonna now I won this local show now I'm gonna go see if I can be the state champ right because now it's real now I'm a bodybuilder and you in my mind can. in my mind I'm gonna go make my living being a bodybuilder gotcha they're 
that's when I started taking steroids. That's when I made my first mistake. We'll, okay. get, we'll get into that later, right? So now, now I win this first show completely natural. And by the way, it's the only show I ever won the entire show. I've won my weight class a lot, but I was completely drug-free at 25 years old and a fucking savage, excuse my language. Big time. But I was a beast because I was hungry, Yeah. right? The dry was just... It was so high. You would not, I, I worked out with hundreds of people. No one could keep up with me. And I was a 170-pound guy, but I was so driven because I was so poor and it was so hard. Yeah. You weren't going to outwork me. There was nobody going to outwork me in the gym, in life, whatever. And I'm still poor. And it didn't get easier. It, this shit just gets harder. Yeah. This is not the this is not the, e- the, the the easy part. Is not even we're not even there yet, right? But now I'm 26. I'm training for the state championships. I'm working for Wayno. I'm doing sit ups in the gym. Lady comes up to me and was like, "Hey, do you want to be a personal trainer?" And I'm like, "What's that?" She's like, "Well, it's where you put people through workouts." I didn't even know it was a job. Boom! Next day, I was, was that like, not a big thing back then? It probably wasn't. Was it wasn't it? a big thing back then. There was yeah. people training, but people it wasn't a big it, thing. It was yeah. 2006. Right? People train, but not really. Right. 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 So I'm like, okay. Well, I got this full time job at the bow rack. And she's like, hey, come in tomorrow at 7 a.m. And I sold a lady 20 sessions. she got some sessions, and I don't have anybody to train her. I don't have a certification. I don't have shit. I'm just fucking jacked. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they're like, oh, you're the guy, right? I show up, and this lady has a tumor on the size of her neck as a, base, uh, a, a, a basketball, and she's 300 pounds. I ain't never even trained anybody before. She's my first client. I just fucking take her out there. I'm Nick the Trainer, dude. I'm not Nick the Trainer, dude. Yeah, not but yet. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just, all right, cool, first client. And then all of a sudden, there was one more client. So then a year in, I'm working for Wayne at the bow rack, and now I'm realizing I can make money training people. So I get myself three, four, five clients. I start working at 5 a.m. like I do now because I know I can capitalize on those first four hours, right? Why I'm not sleeping in, yeah. right? So since that day... You come in here to my gym at 4 a.m., this place is loaded until 9. Yeah. Because I'm working. I've been working, right? So I start training clients in the morning. Then I go work at the bow rack till 6. So I'm working from 5 until 6 or 7. And then after work, I go to the gym and I pump my own iron. And then I go back home to my family. But I'm still poor. I was going to say, are we making more money at this point? A little bit. Okay. But not really. Okay. You know, are we happier? Oh, way happier, yeah. right? Because I'm actually I'm working at the bow rack. Yeah, it sounds like, like two of the I'm, best I'm jobs. I'm ready to be like a mountain bow hunter. You know, I'm going to go backcountry <laughs> bow hunting. But a quick story about Wayno, right? It's 2008, and I can't afford boots. I can't afford shit. Still, I'm poor. Right. right. I'm, I'm barely still paying rent. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm getting ready to go do my first backpack hunt, right? Like, I'm gonna do this because I went backpacking when I was younger in the Looking Glass thing, right? Yeah, I'm like yeah. backpacking hunting. I can't, I can't afford no boots, right? I'm wearing tennis shoes. Wayno comes up to me at a at a little his little annual get together yeah, right thing. Before season, but there's yeah. only like five of his friends there he invites me and i'm like shit i don't even know how to act right like i'm going right and he he probably heard me talk about not having no boots wayno gives me a pair of his boots they size 11 i'm an eight and a half you know what i mean <laughs> i stuffed some socks in the end of those motherfuckers and went hunting bro yeah you did i wore those things all year long right because i was like how great is this this man just gave me his boots i, I can't even afford no i can't afford no boots i wore them Hell yeah, That's I wore so awesome. those things for two years, bro. <laughs> yeah, I just stuffed socks down in those mugs and had hurt feet. Oh, but but that it, that it, that was that turning point, right? It was yeah. like okay, uh, and but eventually, like in my mind, I started seeing like there was more money to be made in the gym, right? So so I see that there's a general manager at the gym and there's a janitor at the gym and there's something else. So my mind of always having three jobs, I was like, I eventually quit Wayne, and I'm like. And I, and I got the manager job at the gym. So I worked the manager job from 9 to 7. I worked the front desk from 5 to, to 7. And then I trained clients during all of that. And then I seen that he was paying the janitor some chips, 
right? I'm like, well, that guy's making money. I can mop this motherfucker too. Easy. I'm already here, dog. This is easy, easy, right? So I got the owner of the gym. Now I'm finally making money, which was like three, 4000 a month. Now right? the gym owner's jacked. Oh, dude, I'm doing Super it. Happy. I show up at 4 a.m. I leave at 9. I clean it. I do it. But that's how I built who I was. Sure. Sure. Like I was there every day for two, three years and I'm there all day long saying hi to every mug who walks up in that gym. And I learned how to sell training. I learned how to sell memberships. I learned how to clean the toilets. I learned how to do it all. But now I didn't have to go to three different spots. I just made all my money in one place. Uh, okay. right? That's nice. Yeah. That And that's where it was like, oh, <clears throat> like that, the fitness thing started clicking in, right? It started happening, right? Now, a couple years. Now, at this point, I'm juicing a lot. I'm not 180 anymore. I'm 220. And I'm 180 right now. I was so, 50 pounds bigger. I'm juicing. I'm, I'm winning more shows. What made that? What made that? What, the juice? I just no, want, what was what in your head? Was it what, was it just like pro. you want to win? I want to be pro. Because I thought... And it was I, legal, right? No, hell no. It was not legal. No, so I, you were I, cheating. I, yeah, but my whole... Well, in, in, in bodybuilding, they don't drug test. Okay. There's no drug test. It, it, you're not going to win unless you go... Unless you're ju- yeah, juicing. But you're, yeah, because you got to be... Those, look at the guys. I mean, come on now. No, right no, no. I, I'm just I, being I, honest. I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, 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 there's a whole natural organization in bodybuilding. Sure. This is not it. <laughs> We're <laughs> not are, there. They We're aren't the there. fucking Ronnie Coleman's. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> in the magazine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not it, right? So these guys... Gotcha. So I just start... I start saucing, right? Okay. I'm working, right? Now I got... Remember my wife at the time, three babies, right? She never even left the house. My wife didn't drive for 13 years. My wife came from a rough, rough place. She never left the house. But you were taking so, care of her. Yeah. I, Everything, I, she was happy. I Yeah. she. I never went home in 13 years. Didn't have dinner ready. But she didn't go to the grocery store. She didn't pay the bills. All the stuff most housewives do, sure. I had to do on top of my three jobs because she never would, right? Because she didn't know how. So she sure. literally was sleeping in newspaper boxes at 15. But we're both sober. now. But now I'm... Now, okay, at 26, I start smoking weed. Back to the weed. I start smoking some weed. I'm like, I'm going to be fucking, I smoke a little weed. I've been sober for like seven years, right? But I'm like, I'm good. I'm making some chips. I'm a beast. I'm a beast? Yeah, let's smoke a little weed. You know what I mean? But I'm an addict, bro. Like, I was smoking weed at 12. I had to stop, right? (laughs) So now I'm smoking weed at four in the morning. I'm smoking weed. I guarantee you there was a time you came into the bow rack and saw me for the first time. I was probably high. Really? Absolutely. Okay. I was high until nine years ago. Okay. Okay. So those so 26, 26 to 32, 32. Okay. Super stoned all the time, everywhere I went. Okay. So how is that with pumping weights? Awesome. Really? Best ever. Oh, I wish you, I could smoke weed every day, but I'm an addict and I can't. Really? I love oh, yeah. Go over there and just smoke a big bong rib and go fucking lift weights. And that but goes hand in hand for you. Oh, it's perfect, bro. I wish no I could kidding. do it every day, but I'm an addict and I can't. Yeah. I got other things to do with my time when sure, sure. smoke weed, right? Yeah. So, And okay. here now in Oregon, weed's there. Everybody smokes weed. Whatever. Yeah, it's no big whatever. deal. Yeah. You yeah. want to smoke weed? Smoke weed. I just can't. Yeah. Right? I just can't. So so this is going on and I'm working. I'm working at the boat. Now, Borax kind of out. Now I'm just in the gym, but I'm now I'm kind of like, I don't. It, like we're leading up to like 2011 when I first ever trained Cam, because that was another game changer for me. That's when people really started understanding who I was. Hundred percent. Right? But 2008, I'm doing the gym thing now. I'm a baller at the gym. I'm selling more training and more memberships at a gym in Springfield than eight of this guy's gyms in big cities. So I'm blowing up inside the little gym world. Right? I'm the guy they want because I just I took all the hustle and I ever did. I was a telemarketer at one of my jobs when in those 20s. Okay. For 6 years I got up on the phone and sold shit over the phone as one of my jobs from 5 a.m. to 1. That was one of my jobs. So I learned how to sell shit. 300 phone calls a day yeah. for 6 years, right? So I just took those skills, implemented them in the gym. I'm blowing up, right? I'm I'm like people are coming. 
to the Springfield, right across the street from the Bull Rack, that gym that was there, the yep. gold gym right there, okay. that was my gym. Gotcha. And I was blowing it up, right? So in the gym world, people Are we making to, more money at this point? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm starting to make We're rolling money. hard now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my world, right? We're going to Sizzler now, dog. Right, we are. Yeah, we going to yes, Sizzler. Yes, we are. You know what I'm saying? It's a different vibe. I remember Sizzler. But, side note, this is a good little, good little story. I get the wife to come to work. She's working the front desk. So we never made money. We're always poor. We get a refund because poor people get refunds, right? <laughs> right. So now I got my wife working. I'm working. We make sixty grand for the first year in my life. I show up to H and R Block waiting for my four thousand dollar check. Bingo. They don't give me no four thousand dollar <laughs> check. <laughs> like, uh, actually, Nick the Trader, dude, uh, you owe me money. You owe me. And you owe the state some money and this. And I'm sitting there like I had no one. I, I, didn't, I didn't. No one taught me anything. Nobody taught you. I didn't know shit. I'm yeah. like. My belly sunk into my dick like nobody's business. Like, what? The next day, I made my wife quit work. Because in my mind, and just so we all understand poverty, we all understand poverty, right? Like, oh, shit, I go make 60, and I'm out 30. Yeah. You know what I'm making? But I I can stay at 30, and we can come up. We That year, we lost our free health care. We lost our food stamps. We lost the daycare. All the all the yeah. benefits that the state gives you because we making we making just making enough too money, much money just to live. We're still poor, sure, because now we're paying for all that stuff. So shit, the next day I'm like, woman, you're quitting work. You ain't going to work. I'll work. You're going back home making daddy some dinner. Because why would I have you? Because <laughs> we got to hit that forty six thousand a year. Yes, right, right under it or something, whatever it is. Right, right. So yeah. boom, yeah. right away. But now and then, so like, yeah, we're making some more money. But I'm starting to understand things. I'm educating mm-hmm. myself. I'm learning. You know yeah. and. And how I became Nick the Trainer, dude, was I'm working for Golds. I go to another Golds to drop off some paperwork. And there's a dude standing at the front desk. And I'm like, hey, sir, can I help you? Because that's who I am. And not my gym, just another gym. I helped the guy. He's a radio DJ on 104.7. Okay. He's standing there. And he's like, hey, I'm waiting for my trainer. Right? But my trainer's not here. Guy sold him some training. He didn't show up. So I said, shoot, I'll take care of you, bro. Let's go in the office, man. I built the guy a meal plan. He goes, hey, I was going to invite dude in on the radio tomorrow to answer some health and fitness questions, but maybe you want to come in. My, I'm just sweating. Like, you want me to do what? Right? So I go in the next Wednesday. The very first caller, he into, hey, this is Nick. He's here. He's a trainer. He wants to answer some questions, right? And a lady calls in, the very first caller ever, and said, hey, is that trainer dude there? That really? That's how it began. That, the first call. I'm on the radio. I'm sweating because I'm about like, I don't even know how to. Remember, I hadn't talked for like six years. I'm missing the front tooth. Oh, yeah. I still ain't got my teeth fixed We're yet. We're haggard. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking like I'm 50. You know what I'm saying? I'm just jacked. That's it. Just jacked. Just jacked, right? And so, but that's how it came about. I was, in, I, I was there. I took care of the client. The client happened to be the radio guy. And then, boom, hey, is that trainer dude there? I answered some fitness questions. He's like, hey, come back next Wednesday, answer some more. And instantly, I was Nick the Trainer dude. Really? Day one. I was, the, everywhere I went from that day forward, everywhere I went, people heard me laugh. Yeah. People heard me talking for two years. I was, I was, I, I couldn't even, I was so embarrassed because I was still missing a tooth. Oh, okay. I didn't want to talk to people. Oh, really? Right? People would hear me and they'd be like, because I was on the radio, a local radio. We're talking to 50,000 people. We're just listening to K-Duck right. at 7 yeah. o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah, that was the biggest around, wasn't it? Every, biggest yeah, was every, everywhere. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. listening to the trainer, dude, right? And I was blowing up. And I was scared because I didn't understand it. Okay. You know, I'd be at the girls' soccer game, and I'm just loud like I am. Oh, my God, I think that's the trainer, dude. Oh, yeah. And people started coming up. And like, and I'm like, what is going on? It was weird. You know, I, yeah. I come from a rough place. This wasn't like I didn't – I wasn't – this wasn't nothing. Right? So that goes on for like a year and a half. Well, I end up – I end up training a district manager of U.S. Bank. And the U.S. Bank guy's like, because he called for a membership, right? And you're not supposed to give prices over the phone. 
So I'm like, I can't get Bryce G over the phone, man. Like he's a salesman, he knows, right? It's part of the job. We got to get you in. He's like, I ain't coming in. I leave the gym. I go to the U.S. Bank. I walk into the to the U.S. Bank, and I'm a, I don't even have a GED, right? I, I don't graduate high school. I had to back up to that once, where I had to drop out and just go to work. Wasn't making enough money washing dishes. Okay. So I walk into U.S. Bank and I sell sell this guy a membership right at his desk. And for a year and a half, that guy begged me to come to work for the bank. And I'm like, bro, really? I'm I'm missing a front tooth. I can add or write or read or do nothing. He eventually convinces me to go to work for the bank. So I leave the gym. We leave the gym. In my mind, I'm like, this is a real job, right? Right. This is a career, dude. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm still training people. But by this time, I'm on the radio like four years. So part of it was I was Nick the Trainer, dude. Everyone local knew who I was. You don't go anywhere around here and someone don't know Nick or heard of Nick the Trainer, dude. They ain't never seen me. But I know that guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So because I was every week for like eight years, I was on the radio every week, every week, every week. Sure. And now I decide I'm going to take a bank job. Now, at this time in my life, I'm getting ready to leave my wife with these three baby girls that I've been with for 13 years. Okay. My wife gets addicted to heroin. My wife and I are homeless. I'm working for U.S. Bank. Everything's cool, right? I'm, I'm going on the radio, and I'm bawling the seconds before I get on there because of how hard my life is. Mm. And I'm sucking it up to get on there and answer some fitness questions, and I'm going back to work. But my home life's a wreck mm. because at some point I went into my wife because my wife lived. She didn't, she didn't visualize any of this. Yeah. She was homeless, right, her whole life. right? She was happy with our one-bedroom apartment. She didn't. She, and, and now I look back at it now. I love that woman to death, right? But, But she's still homeless. Mm. My daughter's mom is still homeless right now and getting high. Right. Right. It's just how it is. Right. She never made it, but she didn't visualize what I did. And I couldn't live with a person anymore after 13 years that wasn't trying to expand. Right. Cause I just wanted like, dude, look where we're at. I want to make the trainer. Do we can do something with our life? Yeah. There was none of that there. She was just happy having a house mm. and I wasn't right. Mm. I didn't see it then. Right. I just wanted more. So I went one day, I sat down with her and my daughter's I'm leaving. I'm moving out. All my little girls started crying. Well, when I moved out, my wife at this time, she never got high for 13 years. She was sober the whole time. When I moved out, she started taking Vicodin. Mm. And then my brother started convincing her to take Vicodin during the day instead of just at night when she would go to sleep. So now my wife is getting high every day off Vicodin with no money. Right? I moved back in. We're together like three months. And now she's fully strung out. Like she's sitting in the corner in convulsions and shakes because her body's going through withdrawals. So eventually like I decide to leave the bank. I'm going to take a gym job up in Salem. It all went south. I end up homeless. I have three daughters, a wife who's high, and I'm fucking homeless. Now I'm Nick the trainer, dude. I'm the bow rack guy. But you're back to where? I'm homeless. You started. Right to where I started at 17 years old. And I'm, and I'm 28 years old and I'm homeless. Mm-hmm. I ain't got no job. I go to, I make a decision to go to this gym up in Salem. It didn't work out because when I went there, I worked one day and the guy was like, hey, let's go to the strip club. And I'm like, man, what are you doing? You just left the bank. You're going to go back. This guy just wants to, I'm like, this is not what I want. Yeah. You know, but I left my house. I, I put it all. I was getting ready to move. I rented a house in Salem. It didn't work out. So I had to squash it. But at that time, my wife ends up moving in with a low poverty person's sister and I'm basically floating around. My daughters were all homeless. We have nowhere to live. We're just trying to sleep somewhere. And I'm, I have some clients because I've been training people for like five years now. Right? So I'm going to people's houses. I get another gym here locally to let me come pay rent to them and start training people. The district manager of that bank I worked at, not the guy who hired me, he was a general manager, but the district manager of the bank that I worked at, 
tracked me down, and he came and found me at the gym, and he hires me for three months, only to get me back to the bank because I did shit at that bank that was never done before. What were you doing at the bank? Like, what did you do? What was your sold checking accounts? Sold, sold loans. Sold loans. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they had to hire a person to fix all my shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not even lying. Where was the math aspect? But I'm like, that. I'm in a meeting, right? In in the bank, I'm in a I'm in a uh, a meeting with all these bankers. Yeah. You gotta realize, like, I'm in a tie, and I'm like scared, right? Because I don't even know, like, I'm a I'm a I'm Nick the trainer dude, oh. thug from the OG hood. Oh, Homies are in prison. I'm sitting in a meeting with bankers, but I went out and I would sell shit that no one else would, right? This district manager never knew who I was. He walks into this meeting with all of his bankers from all of U.S. banks locally, and he walks in, someone's talking, and he stops the meeting. Boom! He goes, hold on, and he points at me, and I'm just like, I'm just trying not to let anybody know me in my (laughs) jacked arms inside of my shirt, right? And he's like, did you tell him what you did? And I'm like, hell no, I didn't tell anybody up in here. And And he looks at all of them, and he goes, He's the reason that none of you will ever have my job, and he's the only person that will get my job. Because I just went out on the streets and started hustling. I started selling weed again, right? Making phone calls. <laughs> yeah, it was no big deal, right? That, you want me to sell shit? Cool. I went to a friggin' some retirement home and sold 42 checking accounts in one morning. I come back with stacks of shit. They're like, what was this? <laughs> you told me to sell shit. I'm going to sell it, right? You got it. So he comes anyway. I leave. I'm homeless. Things are rough. Guy comes and gets me. He's like, come back to work for me. Begs me to come back to work. He puts me at campus because he knows Nick, the trainer dude, needs to see some honeys. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I got to keep this guy happy, right? So I'm going to put him with all the honeys, put him on campus. Oh, boy. But at this time, wife's getting high now all the time. I'm still homeless. Wife's doing heroin. I'm raising three baby girls, living at somebody's house, sleeping in a living room. I'm getting up at five in the morning. I'm training clients. I'm getting done at seven in the morning. I'm going home and I'm taking three baby girls, eight, 10, and 12, to elementary school, middle school, and high school, or whatever they was. Sure, sure. And then I'm going to work at the bank. And then I'm getting off the work at the bank and I'm picking up three baby girls and I'm raising them on my own. Mm. And I'm still poor. You know why? Because the bank only paid me $17 an hour. Well, you know what? All these benefits that they offered me took on a fucking check. All right, so now I got this cush job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got the bank job and I'm still bringing home $1,000 every two weeks. So I got it. So I'm still poor. I still ain't got no chips. No right? chips. And, oh. and, and now it's like, so now I'm like 30. Okay. And I stay there for like, I don't know, a year, right? It's April. You want to know what stopped me from working at the bank was on campus. You didn't get no days off in September. Because it's campus. They come to school. They come September. back to school. And I'm like, look, I don't need you to pay me, dog, but I'm going bow hunting. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know me, but I just sacrificed half of my life so I could get a pawn shop bow. Because yeah. I want to go try to kill an elk. Yeah. And you're, you're not going to stop me from trying to go kill an elk. And I know this is all I got, but you're not going to stop me. So I'm not driving around. I'm selling credit card machines. And I pull up to this West 11th, and there's an old man with a beard inside. He had a leather shop. And I'm supposed to go inside and sell him his credit card machine, right? And at this time, I'm Nick the trainer, dude. I'm going to big business banking meetings, and I walk in, and they're like, uh, Nick the trainer dude's here. Sorry, and they'd sit me right next to the CEO of the company. I even got a GED, dog. <laughs> so I, I think I owe the bank money. You know what I mean? Like they don't care because I'm selling shit. Right. Right. I'm I'm gonna be that district manager in their mind. I'm gonna be the top dog at the bank. And I looked at them when they said I couldn't have a day off in September. And I said, so you're telling me if I stay here for ten years, the best I'm gonna get is three or four weeks vacation and make a hundred grand a year. That's it. 
That's the best. I might make a hundred grand a year and you might give me three weeks off a year. And I'm just starting to question things like, and I'm sitting at that leather shop that one day. It's nine in the morning. I'm supposed to be back at 10. It's 10 in the morning. It's 11. It's 12. I'm sitting there for three hours. And I'm bosses calling, where are you at? Where are you at? And they would never let me wear shorts. What am I wearing today? What do you always see me in? Oh, yeah. Shorts, right? Yeah. They would never let me wear shorts to work. And I drove home to that house I was living in, which wasn't my house. I put on a pair of shorts, a tank top, and some sunglasses. And I rolled back to U.S. Bank. And I said, I love you very much, and I'm appreciative of this job. This is the last day I'll be working here, all right? Because I looked in that leather shop, and I said, if I'm going to be out selling shit, <laughs> this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it as Nick the Trader. Mm. And everybody in my world thought I was crazy. Like my pops, you know, he's still alive at this time, right? I'm calling him, I'll oh, quit the bank, dog. Quit the bank. Nick the Trader. He's like, oh, you're crazy. You know, like, what are you doing? I woke up the next day. I started walking down Main Street and I went into a business and said, hello, I'm Nick the Trainer, dude. I ain't got no gym. I ain't got no place to train you, but I'd love to sit down with your employees and do a fitness talk, a stretching program, something. And within three days, I landed a stretching job at Sub where Cam's works. I saw I became their stretching guy who stretched out all their employees out at Botech, landed a stretching job out there. Really? It's some 7-Elevens. I started stretching out people. Really? And I just woke up that day. It was April of 2011. And I said, I'm never gonna work for anybody again Jeez. i'm gonna do it myself and i was i, I had 100 bucks 50 bucks i don't know yeah. i probably had food stamps we were homeless i had three daughters my ex-wife's on heroin my ex-wife because we're from the hood homeboy got out of prison homeboy's standing on my front yard with my wife right and yeah. i'm pulling up during all this time to get the kids here's a wife i've been with for 13 years here's a cat standing on a front porch who just got out of prison in my car that she never drove for 13 years and now she's driving it because I'm out and I don't got a car and I'm trying to pick up the girls and this dude standing on my front porch mm. looking at me knowing my wife's gonna go inside and take care of business with another man who just got out of prison and I gotta suck it up and she looked at me and said shit happens as I'm trying to do all this other stuff I'm still being the bodybuilder I'm still training I'm right. trying to go bow hunting I'm trying to work at the bank I'm trying to do whatever it's still hard, like an incredibly amount of hard that no one will ever understand. You can right. hear it, you can listen to it, but every second of the day, and I'm looking at another grown man standing on the porch who's jacked, more jacked than me, because he dumb motherfucker just got to live for eight years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Damn! Dang so I'm real pissed off that he's more jacked than me, because I'm trying to be a beast. Come this on. is all the time. <laughs> this is all the time that I'm showing up to bank meetings and they're introducing me as a trainer, dude. Mm. And my wife's getting this by another man. My daughters are in hell. I'm in hell. But I'm showing up. Yeah. I keep showing up. I keep hammering, right? I keep I keep showing up. Yeah. And it it like it was that mindset though that just kept visualizing all of this, right? And mm -hmm. in that process of there, I was still smoking weed at the time. Mm -hmm. When all the when I quit that job, the leather shop guy, so I'm still smoking weed because it's the only thing like getting me by, right? So it was like a couple years of like actually things started going good. Right? I'm golfing every day. I'm oh. going to Jamba Juice because I started making enough money on the side, training people at people's houses. I'm making two, three grand. I started doing trades, right? So I traded my house. I traded the car lot guy a car, right? I said, I'll come and train you. So I started like, I have a house for free, a car for free. So I'm working like five hours a day, but I was used to working 16. 
But now I'm like smoking some weed, golfing, you know what I mean? Shooting my bow every day, getting ready to go hunting. It's 2011, right? I'm getting ready. I still haven't killed a bull. Yeah, by the okay. way, I started hunting, still haven't killed a bull. Okay. But that was the the year before, just hunting wise, I was out in the woods with Big Joe. Y'all yeah. know Big Joe. Oh, yeah. And I quit on Big Joe because I was 220 and I was three days into a backpack hunt and I couldn't take another step. My body broke down. And you're jacked. 220 pounds, solid ass, but I couldn't do it because Jack. before I went on that hunt, I went to the gym and did about four sets of 500 reps on the squats because I thought I was going to get little legs if I went out out into the into the woods, right? Okay. I learned a little bit now. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. and So anyway, I quit on a grown man. So the next year, I told Big Joe, don't let me quit. We're not going to quit. So it's 2011. All this is going on with the wife, but I sneak away. I borrow a buddy's truck. I borrow $200 from my stepdad for gas money. And I'm on a bow hunting trip for eight days with Big Joe. And on the eighth day, I shoot my first bull in the wilderness. And Big Joe shot a cow. And we had two elk down. Never mm. seen an elk. Never bit, butchered an elk. And we're about <laughs> nine days in. In the mo- Friday morning, we got to go home. We are beat to everything, right? We had a fun week of hunting. It was sure. a real week of yeah. backpack hunting. Bulls screaming. And I shoot this bull. We tracked this bull all day long because I made a horrible shot. We tracked this bull till it, it was still lifting its head up, but it was so tired of walking, and I wasn't giving up. We shot it at nine and eight in the morning. I found him at seven o'clock at night. Oh, and he was still alive. I finished him off. Anyway, now we got two elk down about two miles apart. We got a truck three four miles away, and we're beat. And there's two, two dudes. Of us. Two dudes. Three. Three of you. Two, two of us. Two of you. Goodness gracious. Chilling. We got these two elk down. We don't know what the hell we're doing. We butcher them up. We take part out. We get up to a pickup truck. We drive around. We look at the maps. You know, there's a trailer. That was Friday morning at 9 when we shot him. 37 hours later, we had to meet back to the truck. Of straight work. 37 hours later. And I'm going to tell you, to this day, driving away in that Toyota Tacoma that I borrowed, (laughs) that bull was in the back of that truck. Out of everything I have ever done in my entire life, nothing will replace that feeling. No bull I killed afterwards. No trip I've been on. No bodybuilding show. Really? Nothing. Because that was 2011. I started hunting in 2001. Yeah. It took me 10 years to kill a bull. I killed a cow the year before. I killed a couple okay. deer. Okay. But that was the first, first bull. bull. Yeah. 2011. And I drove away. And I even called my ex-wife who was living with the other dude. Because I was just like, dude, you, I did it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I'm driving. I haven't slept for 36 hours. I drive eight hours home. I get to my mom's house at like 2 a.m. My daughters are up. We're unloading the meat. Like, it's the best day ever. But I'm still homeless and I'm still poor. And I'm still trying to be Nick the Trainer dude. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? Oh. Yeah. That fall of October, Cam Haynes hears that I killed that bull. Okay. He shows up. I'm back. I'm back working at a gym, but now I'm working on my time, not his time. So now I'm like, I'll pay you to rent your space, right? But I, you're not making all my money, dog. I learned a little bit. Now I'm gonna pay you 500 a month. I'm gonna come here and do whatever I want. So I'm working in the gym, okay. but now I'm doing it on my terms. We're getting a little smarter business wise, right? Understanding a little bit, making it work, right? <laughs> it took some time. Yeah, it took some time. I'm like, well, <laughs> slow, <laughs> slow learner, Nick the trainer did this. You know what I'm saying? It this is how it is. Oh. And Cam shows up one day. And I'm like, at this point, I idle Cam. Like, I made his arrows for three or four years. Right. Yeah. I talked to him a little bit, but nervous, right? Because he's just a man I read about in a book, yeah. right? 
He shows up and he gives me a T-shirt, his Ridge Reaper T-shirt, one of his original ones from it's back red, in the day. Red, white, or yeah. black shirt, with yeah. red, and white. Yeah. 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 And he's like, bro, I heard you killed a bull in the wilderness, bro. Congratulations. And he hands me a T-shirt, campaigns day, right? And I'm just like, whoa, I made it, dog. <laughs> right, you know what right, I mean? Right, I'm right. still missing a front tooth, you know? And he's like, and I'm like, I'm like, bro, why don't we work out together? I just said, he goes, you come run with me. And I'll go work out with you. Now, then you're going to realize I'm running a lot now, but I didn't run back oh, then. No. So he, he has me go out to a place. He does mile repeats, right? And I'm like 180 heartbeat, running a 10-minute mile, dying. But the next day, he came in, and I made him train legs. And I crushed his soul there like he go. crushed my soul. There you and go. we literally just started working out. Well, when that happened, Cam was, there was no Instagram then, but there was no. Facebook. But he was already Cam, right? It right. was 2001. So he'd already yeah. been his name. And, and from he, his books and stuff. Yeah, from his books yeah. and writing he's and that kind of stuff. So he was under armor. Yeah. He was already Cam, just not at the level he's at now, right? Sure. And, but then he would post a Facebook post working out with Nick the Trainer, dude, with my missing front tooth. And if you look back to those earlier photos, right, there's just me and Cam working out together and him and I just became workout partners. But because of that, it started getting the hunting world knowing who I was, right? So then I started getting all these hunters who follow her. And then, but it was during that time of the, of the stuff and everything and like and that's when it was just like I'm gonna be Nick the trainer dude and I'm gonna figure out how to make it work but the big turning point was 2013 12 so now I'm having fun remember I told you I'm golfing I'm smoking weed I'm chilling making a little cash flow I'm going out to Wayno's house on New Year's Eve party well, I stopped by the house and smoke a joint first because that's what I did I just always smoke joints I get off I train some clients I'm having fun I go smoke a joint and Cam Haynes is there, Wayne Indicott's there, Scott Whiteley's there, two or three other awesome dudes are there. These are men that I want to live like, right? Okay. Okay. I don't have no men in my life, right? Right. But I, these are men. They're, like, we're there. They're just talking about hunting all night. Where are they going hunting next year? Where are we fishing? It's January 1st tomorrow. What river are we going on? What salmon are we catching? And I'm just kind of high. I'm, I'm always high. They just didn't know it. No one knew it. I just covered it up. You get high long enough, you learn, right? And on that night, I sat there. I didn't know Maddie yet. I didn't have no boys. Everybody sees me on the gram fishing with these little boys. I'm just struggling, but I'm doing a little better, right? And on that night, I had a good talk with God. And I'm like, God, I'm going to give you one year, all right? I'm going to be sober. I'm not going to smoke no weed. Because when I went over there, and I was like, they weren't even drinking. These yeah. men were just enjoying each other's time yeah. on New Year's Eve, the biggest night people party. And these are men I read about in books that I get to hang out with now. And I was high. And I was like, no deal. And I woke up that next day and I said, you are going to live to a different standard for one year. And God, I'm going to give you one year. And if it don't dramatically change in one year, I'm smoking weed forever, dog. And I love getting high. You know what I mean? Three weeks later, I meet my wife at the gym, Maddie. Okay. Never met her before. Three weeks later, it's the first time I meet her. We fall in love, like there's a whole story there, but we don't need to go into it, right? It's just this long, how we fell in love, all this stuff. It's, I don't even own the gym yet. I'm just Nick the trainer dude, right? I'm just training people training around, people. right? I'm training at gyms, I'm making some cash though, like things I'm learning, right? And uh, that that September was the first year I had the balls, I called up Wayne Indicott, because I'm kind of friends with him now, and I've been sober like six months. I'm like, man, do you think I could go to Idaho with you? And he's like, come up with the money. 
I went down to a 29 interest percent interest loan place, borrowed money just so I could, because I didn't have six hundred dollars. <laughs> you know I, mean? I got six hundred. Oh. I go borrow money at 29 percent. I borrow fifteen hundred dollars. Twenty nine percent. So when people borrow me money, I was broken poor, bad credit, dog. He's, but I don't care. I, he says go buy a tag. I'm like, cool, man. I got me a tag. So like now I'm getting, now I'm training. I'm getting ready. It's 2013. I'm getting ready to go on my first out of state hunt. I met my wife. I'm sober. And in September was I was training some clients in the gym, right? This, this is another great story about Nick's training. I'm training a client, and Maddie's about ready to leave, like because she's going to, to Washington for a job because she's fresh out of college when I met when I met okay. her, and she's got a job opportunity to leave. And I'm like, I can't. This, I'm in love, man. You ain't leaving, right? What do we got to do, yeah. right? I'm like a whiny little boy, like don't leave, <laughs> right? And I'm like, hey, if I start up a gym, will you stay and work it with me? And she goes, that's all I've been hearing about for the last nine months since I've been with you and I, she's in the shower I'm sitting on the toilet talking to her I'm like man I can't you can't leave like what can I do we stay and run it with me if I open a gym and she opens that's all I've been hearing about for like nine months I get up that day and I go look at an empty building I ain't got a dollar to my name I just borrowed 29% interest money just to go just to go on a boat hunt with Wayne Indicott right and uh, yeah, I can make this up dog. this is real oh shit and, uh, and then I like uh, and then and then I, I go to this building and I'm like looking at it. They're like, yeah, it's 2000 a month. I ain't got no equipment. I don't even own a dumb bail. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, that ain't going to work. You know, like I'm at the gym later and I'm telling a, a guy I'm training about how I'm going to go open up my own gym. Some random person. This is where God comes in. Because there's a whole, I could give a whole testimony on my 100%. relationship with God. Yes. I got so yeah. many testimonies. It's yeah. out of control, right? But this is one of them with God. I'm, I'm in with God, right? We're, we're deep, we're man. Tight. Me and God are we're tight. tight. We're, oh, yeah. And like some random dude. Never. I've been in this gym for lots of years. Never seen this cat comes up to me and says, dude, I need to talk to you right now. I'm like, bro, I'm training someone. Like, give me some space. I'm sorry. He goes, no, I need to talk to you right now. I'm like, all right. Takes me to a computer, pulls up Craigslist. It says $950 a month, personal training studio for lease, full of equipment. That little yellow gym you saw? No yeah. kidding. That's how it went down. Really? I ain't got no chips yet, right? I'm broke. You're still chipless. <laughs> but I got, but I got, I got five hundred. I got five hundred yeah, because I borrowed eleven hundred at twenty nine percent interest, and I spent six hundred on that tag. Oh But I got five hundred bucks, right? So I call my grandpa up because he's the only guy I call, right? I go, grandpa, like here, it's now he's like, okay, you're gonna be Nick the trainer, dude, whatever, right? Like, <laughs> whatever, bro. So I'm like, I'm like, all right, blah blah blah. I call him up. Hey, there's this deal. It's nine hundred fifty dollars a month, personal training studio for lease. Called the guy up right away. Met him the very next day. The very next day, I, I meet him. He's like, it's nine fifty a month. It's two thousand deposits. Fully set up with what you've seen that was in that Everything. gym. I painted it, added some equipment. It was okay. a gym for two years. It's been on Craigslist for lease. No one leased it. Really? No. And I'm like, I go home. The salesman in me kicks back in. I got no money. I said, bro, I got five hundred dollars. I says, I can't pay you rent till January first. It's September, and I'm getting ready to go bow hunting. But I said, I'll take that lease over right now. And I'll pay you come January 1st, but I need three months to run this business. But first, I gotta go elk hunting, <laughs> right? Because I'm doing this. Dude. Right? This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? And I went elk hunting, right? And I and so, a real quick side story that I'm leaving to go to the Eagle Cat Wilderness yeah. before I go to Idaho. Maddie, the same day, is getting ready to go to Washington and leave. And I'm begging her. Don't leave. Don't go. I got this gym lined up. I got to go elk hunting. Three months down the road, but still. Don't leave, right? Oh. Like, I can't have you leave. And she woke up on Friday morning and said, take me to Cabela's and buy me a pair of boots. I'm going backpacking. 
I fucking had $42 left there. <laughs> <laughs> we bought a boots for Cabela's. Oh. I'm still wearing away those boots, but my girl got some boots, right? I load up a backpack. She comes into the Eagle Cast with me for four days. Okay. We didn't know, but she was pregnant with Calvin. We didn't know this at that time. When we got home from that trip, she takes a pregnancy test. I'm leaving the next day to go on this world-class out-of-state elk hunt. Little did I know what world-class out-of-state elk hunts look like. You hang out with Wayno. Let's go hiking. Let's go on hiking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So anyway, like, I literally find out I'm about to have a baby on the day. We have one day at home. I just convinced this woman. She called up her. She spent a year and a half after college training for this job. So now I knocked up this college chick, right? I, I got the. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, she just graduated, but it is what it is. I'm 30, 33, whatever. She's 24, 25, whatever. Oh, and now I'm like going with Wayno on this set, but I got to go on this hunt. Right? 29%. Right? Yeah. 29%. 29%. <laughs> I paid all that shit for two years, bro. I can't even lie about that. Anyway, so like I go on this hunt, I come home, Maggie's pregnant, but now I got the gym. I come home that October 1st. I got insurance from my buddy, Ryan Hofstadt. Y'all probably seen him on the internet, yeah, you know, yeah. Hofstadt Insurance, right? He's, he like, because I kind of, he was one of my clients, right? So I get some insurance. I got a full gym full of equipment. And I got about eight clients eight. that I've been training around. And I open the gym. And I show up at 5 a.m., October 1st. So I go on the, the hunt, you know, with the Endicott. We can have a whole story on that. That was oh, fun. Yeah. But it was like, I come back and now I got to go to work. And the last couple of years, I've been just smoking weed, playing golf. Now there's no more golf. There ain't no more smoking weed. I got me a hot wife. All right, but now I got got me a 5 a.m. job. You know what I'm saying? And I said it, and I just started, right? Like, I just, I implemented every skill. Started hustling again. Yeah. Yeah. I implemented every skill that I ever had. And January 1st, I paid that guy rent. I paid, and three months ago, I went and turned in my notice because I was there for 2013 until three months ago when this kind of came about. Were you still leasing it all, the whole time? Yeah, yeah, it was just a building to lease. Just a building, yeah. Yeah, just, cool. just leased the spot, paid him 1050 a month, 1050 a month, paid my insurance, but I just started hustling, right? Yeah. I went on the radio, I implemented every skill I ever had. And in 2013, I generated like, I had a goal of making like 5,000 a month in training, Yeah. right? But I told my wife that I was going to make ten thousand a month, right? Because I was trying to keep her around, right? (laughs) And she's like, "Yeah, right, bro." And not that we're in here talking about money, sure, no. But I'm I'm like ten years in deep of generating over ten thousand a month in personal training sales when I came from nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I just did what I said I was going to do to keep my girl. <laughs> I got this hot chick. Got and, uh, hot. But going back to that 2013, uh, when I taught that promise with God, right? Yeah. I opened a gym. I went on an out-of-state elk hunt that I dreamed about. The yeah. shit of people I read about in books. I meet this wife. And on New Year's Eve, one year later, I'm sitting in an ultrasound room with my wife. And they're going to tell me whether I'm going to have a boy or a girl. Oh boy. And I have three daughters, right, which, who I love to death. Yeah. And on that day, a year later, he says, you're going to have a boy. And I'm like, God, I'm in for life. <laughs> like, this is it forever, right? Like, yeah. you're going to do this in one year? And then it was just like, I just didn't stop. I still haven't stopped. I ain't no. stopping. Not till I'm dead. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I get up at four in the morning. I go to work. I hustle. I set goals. I go make it happen. Whatever. No matter what obstacles come. And it still didn't get easy. In that time frame, I had a, one of my daughters got knocked up at 16. I had a 15-year-old daughter go to prison mm. because I came from the hood. Yeah. I was the only one who made it out. 
I thought that I was doing it for them. I was doing it for me. Yeah. I showed them a different way of life, and they're all doing better now. Yeah. But nobody in my world made it out. They're all still getting high. They're all still living in poverty. None of them made it. They're all happy for me right now, but they're hating at the same time. Yeah. Right? So it's like, but having that vision of being a bow hunter and a bodybuilder, like, and then over those next three, four years, I went with Wayne. We got to go to Wyoming. I killed a few bulls. Like, I killed an antelope. I killed a bear. I killed an axis buck. Like, on the, on the gram, I'm living the dream, right? Hawaii, baby. Every, Hawaii, baby. Yeah. <laughs> every day. Like, and I'm living it every day still, but that didn't mean it got easier. Right. No. Right? Like, it's still hard. I'm dealing with three teenage daughters now that are dealing and living life. I'm with a, a wife. Now, my life is getting better because God is blessing me yeah. so much. I can't even explain to you how much God blesses me every day. But now I'm raising money at Christmas time and giving it back to Toys for Tots. See? And I'm. Uh, four months ago, the radio guy needed help with some fundraiser, and he could barely raise like three or four thousand bucks. And in twenty four hours, I brought him a check for ten grand because I just reached out to people and I just went and and, I, and now I'm giving back. But when now that I'm giving back so much, he just keeps giving me back. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I wanted a nice pair of binos. Right? Funny story the other day. Right? Wayno just posted those little binos on the his little you know Lisa's got them, and I'm like, okay. oh, I need some new binos, man. I'm like. They eleven hundred dollars though, right? And my poor son, you ain't spending eleven hundred. I got eleven hundred to spend now, but I'm like, I'm at the laundromat because we'll get to that point in a minute. But our house burned down, oh yeah, and now we do laundry at the laundromat. So I'm at the laundromat folding my clothes because I'm still hanging out with the poor people, dog, <laughs> doing my laundry, right? But the old gym called, and they said, "Hey, you forgot to pick up your deposit check." And this is the day I'm thinking about buying these binos. Oh, no. And I, I call up Big Joe. I'm like, Big Joe, if this deposit check is more than like $300, we're going to get these binos. <laughs> right? And I go, I, I drive right over there in my little 04 Honda, right? Because I'm still driving a piece of crap car because I ain't spending my money on no car, right? Anyway, <laughs> it's like cluttering over, over there without That's a camera right. piece. I get out. I go in. They hand me a check for 950 bucks. I drive right to the bow rack. I deposit <laughs> my phone, mobile app. And I'm like, boom, I need some binos, bro. I was the first pair of because I love supporting Wayno. Oh, yeah. I ain't in there asking for no discount. No. I'm just feeling grateful. Yeah. And it was like, but literally the day before, I was like, I was handing out $20 bills to people at gas stations. Yeah. Because I know what it's like to make minimum wage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's man. not that I'm bragging like I'm giving this or that, but that's how quick God works in my life. Right? Because it all changed around. Right? Jeez. And, you know, there's a million stories we can go into, but like... You know, you get down to this just a couple years ago, right? I'm on a bow hunting trip with my wife, my friends. I'm living my life, right? I'm out bow hunting in Eastern Oregon, and my dad's watching the kids. We live up river. Now, I'm still at a point in my life at 40 years old that I can't even buy a house because I don't know how, right? Okay. I own these businesses. I'm learning, right? I'm paying taxes. I'm figuring it all out. But all this is just made up out of thin air. Yeah. Ain't no one in my world teaching me how to do one thing. It's all just made up, right? And we go on this bow hunting trip, and now I, like... Now I got a pair of boots. I actually got like six pairs of boots. You know what I'm saying? I got, my wife's like, bro, you got more boots. But I'm like, I know, but there was a time I didn't have any boots. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm dropping four chips on some boots. Right? Yeah, I'm like, are. I want the best boot, right? I want the best bow. I want the pack, right? I want it, and I want to buy it myself because it feels good. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, sure. it was yeah, a, it I, so. Yeah, yeah, so hard that I just wanted it, right? But it, so at this point in my life, I'm in debt. I got a camp trailer. I got a boat. 
got me a rat. I'm making 10 chips a month, but I'm spending 12. You yeah, <laughs> know yeah. how to balance my money? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the hood, bro. Like, hood. Yeah, yeah. So me and my wife, I take her on a, we're, we're on a four-day Labor Day weekend boat hunting trip, right? We're chasing some bulls around. Great weekend. We're driving home. We get home at 5 o'clock, September 5th or 6th, five, mm. Monday night, Labor Day weekend, 5 o'clock. Um, it's smoky out, right, because there's fires all over Oregon. My dad takes the kids. We're renting the house we live in. We don't own it, but we've been living there. We live up river on the Mackenzie River, and I don't know if y'all know where it's at, but yeah. it's like it's, it's like a piece of heaven. Yeah. Me and the boys are fishing every night. Oh, yeah. right? I'm living the dream up in this rental house that I can't buy, but I don't care. I'm just paying money out of the money I'm making to rent it, right? It's a world-class place. And me and my wife were tired, bro. We're just tired. We've been bow hunting for four days, drove all 10, get home, we got the boys. The electricity goes out at 9 o'clock. Up there, the electricity goes all the time. We just go to sleep. Yeah. 12 p.m., get a text message on my phone. Emergency alert. Evacuate now. I go outside. There's ash over everywhere, and Mackenzie Highway looks like the Armageddon. And I go back inside, and I'm like, oh, shit, we need to leave. Was it packed with people? Yes, the highway. The, it was yeah, just couldn't even get out. Everybody everybody was leaving, and I'm like, oh, shit. It's 1233. It's real. And it's at night, and I'm like, oh, shit. I go back inside. I wake my wife up. I'm like, I think we really need to leave. Like, everybody's leaving. There's ash everywhere. There's a fire coming, right? And there and was no ever, like, the days before, like, hey, you know, no, this could happen. happen. We, we, we just, got, we just got home at 5 o'clock yeah. from a Jeez. boat hunting trip. My, if we would have been in at two hours later from over east, we wouldn't even have got through because the fire happened it. in Blue River. Jeez. And in my mind, it was smoky out because there was a fire up on the pass. Okay. So I was just like, oh, the fire is just the smoke's yeah. down here, right? Yeah. Smoke was up the valley. What I didn't know was at 9 o'clock in Blue River, the power line went over and started that fire, right? Oh. So I didn't know this because I'm asleep. Right? So it's 12.33. I grab the dogs, the kids, and a laundry basket full of clothes. And my bow. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. my boots? Backpack. Any boots? Any boots? I got one pair of boots. Ugh. Lost all my boots. Lost all my boots. Anyway, like, so we load the car up. Maddie gets in the car. I get in the car with the trucks, right? This is also at the time where, like, everybody's hating on the police and the fire people in oh, the world, really? right? Yeah. And I'm driving away with two little boys with nothing. Nothing, right? My whole world. And side note, because hunting, I spent my whole life wanting a trophy room. And I had three bulls, a buck, oh. an axis buck, a bear, my antelope. Like, I'm 20 years deep into building this trophy room. And I'm not that great of a hunter, all right? I, I'm kind of subpar. <laughs> but, I, but it's my trophy room. Yeah, it's right? Right? yeah you I earned think, it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saving my family. Right, but right, I, right. because my bow and my hunting box and my pack, because we just got off the trip, was right next to the door... I throw it in the truck, and that's all I take. I take my bow, my 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 uh, my my pack, and and so I got my pack and my bow. The rest of my hunting stuff's already put away in the room, and and then the kids and we drive in and we drive to the gym and we fall asleep, and you're just wondering. Yeah. My house burned down. What's going on? The whole valley's just a hot mess. It's scary in here. You guys are going hunting somewhere. You're not yeah, here, no. right? Oh you yeah. No, it was, it was scary here. Right? Scary. It's all going down. Like. And side note, this was the third, fourth year in a row. I finally drew Wyoming, and now this is going down. Like, and I'll get to that in a second, right? I'm, I'm getting to go back to Wyoming, the land of milk and honey. Yes, so, it right? is. Right? Yeah. And uh, but that night at about 9 p.m., a firefighter called, buddy of mine, and so before everybody else knew, and he's like, he gave me the news that my house burnt down, uh. right? You know, and like he's like, it's completely gone. Sends me a picture, and I'm like. I just fall to the ground, kind of start crying, of sure. course, right? I'm just bawling. And I'm looking over at my wife. 
and, and I, got, I got to walk over to her and tell her that it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I got to be a man, right? Mm-hmm. I ain't got. To, I mean, you you can cry and be sad, but I got to be strong for my family. Yeah, you know, it's my job, right? And I get to. I'm sad. I get to be sad, you know. But but I've been through so much adversity in my life. The only thing I know how to do is grind. Yeah. Right. So I go and I tell my wife, and of course she cries. We're at some friend's house, you know, like it's gone. Like we get a picture, and it's nothing. Yeah. Flat. There's no house, and it's like six the next morning, you know. And I'm like, I just get up and go to the gym. You know what I mean? And 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 I just I started mopping the gym. You know, people started coming in and trying to give me money, and like it was just crazy, right? Besides that, all this, everybody's just trying to help, right? But like yeah. the one thing my wife said the next day was, she's like, "Can I have twenty four hours without your positive ass attitude?" Because I just <laughs> lost my. Because I'm like, it's the next day, and I'm like, "Well, let's get to work. Time to go." I didn't process it till we moved back up there. Gotcha. And so we didn't own the house. The only thing that saved us was my wife upped our renter's insurance policy to a hundred grand from forty grand. So we end up getting a renter's insurance policy, that, and we took the entire hundred grand, and I convinced the guy that owned the house to sell me the land. So I took oh, that really? money. Yeah. So I took that money. Now we still ain't got shit. I just lost all my stuff for the third time in my life. It's all gone. <laughs> there ain't nothing left. There's nothing. But not one thing. But you have property. But I just gave that guy. A, I, it took three months for it all to go through. Right. But I gave that guy a hundred thousand dollars, and I bought that property. That's awesome. And we ain't got nothing still. <laughs> right? We got some thirty thousand dollars worth of gravel up there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I have to go pull my shitter at night, right? Hey. But I don't care, right? There, there's there's in the works of of of, of building this house, right? Cool. And but it like all that I went through in my life. Like, so I told you when we first started this conversation, that's when I called the guy that we're writing the book because all this is in the book, right? Oh, Chicken man. and Potatoes, the evolution of Nick the Trainer, dude, right? Love it. And it's from the start to the fire and it's in the book because it's like every time there's adversity. It's like all of us. Yeah. We got adversity. We got a situation. How are we going to handle that? Right? And for me, it was wake up and get back to work. Yeah. I, I, what, yeah. I shit we lost everything cool let's go to work dog let's go the hardest part for me still to this day and there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about it is that damn trophy room <laughs> nothing else 